Hi everyone, welcome to If I Go Missing. I'm your host, Megan. Hi, I'm Lynn. Each week, we will bring you a new missing person story. Some have resolutions and some don't, but everyone still deserves to have their story told. Hi everyone, welcome to If I Go Missing. I'm your host, Megan. I'm Lynn. Together, we are going to tell you the story of a 33-year-old mother of three from Orlando, Florida. Her name is Michelle Parker. Perhaps the most intriguing aspect of this case is when Michelle went missing, she went missing on the day of November 17th, 2011, the same day she would appear on an episode of the People's Court. The last known sighting of the mother of three was when she was dropping off her three-year-old twins at the home of her ex-fiance, Dale Smith. Michelle is considered a missing person, but there is nothing in this case to suggest that she willingly walked away. Michelle and her now ex-fiance, Dale Smith, always had a complicated relationship, a fact that Michelle actually opened up about on their episode of The People's Court. They went on to the TV courtroom that day at the request of Smith and haggled over a $5,000 engagement ring. And the judge actually ended up ruling that both of them should have to pay for the ring and subsequently court ordered Michelle to pay $2,500 to Smith. The situation was that they got in some argument one night and... One thing I read says she was drunk. One thing that he was drunk. And somehow he said he wanted the ring back, so she took it off and threw it at him. Okay. I can't say anything because this is totally something I would have done. Yeah, but if it was $5,000 ring and he's treated me like crap, I could hawk that ring. <laughs> See, I- I'm more like Michelle. I'm like, you want your freaking ring? Have it. Yes, yeah, my first instinct. And then I think, mm, financially, you're going to pay for this sucker. Yeah, I probably would have thought that after I had chunked the ring. This is true. I'm a good afterthoughter. Yeah. So, you know, Michelle, honey, I'm all on your side with that one. Yeah. Totally understand it. Definitely. I've probably done the same thing. Exactly. Yeah. According to Michelle's mother, the show actually left her daughter feeling very humiliated. That's sad. The show did offer glimpses into the couple's tumultuous relationship. The dates all the way back to 2006. Now, this is a quote directly from Michelle herself while on the show. He gets pretty malicious and vindictive, especially when he's been drinking. Then she continued to say, he shouldn't have put his hands on me and he shouldn't have put his hands on me prior. He shouldn't have left me three or four times over the past year and a half that we've been together. On the show, Parker accused Smith of cheating on her with at least seven different women and they argued about visitation rights regarding their twins. Needless to say, emotions and tensions were running high by the end of the show. When questioned by a reporter if what the media deemed in a, quote, the fatal attraction relationship had anything left to it, Michelle flat out said no. As you can imagine, this didn't sit well with Smith. You know, that was funny. The second you said she said no, I was thinking the same thing. Oh, that pissed him off. Yeah, I mean. Because he sounds like a narcissist. You can't control people. You can't abuse people to get control. That's what it kind of sounds like the relationship was. Yes, I firmly agree with that. But yeah, I mean, I can totally see where this would make him mad. And he was very, very upset. And I mean, this girl had just flat out told God and everybody else on national Mm -hmm. television, I I ain't going back to him. Proud of her. Exactly. She stood her ground and she told her abuser no. Yeah. So, yeah, I can definitely see where he would be very upset about this. Definitely. He actually went so far as to call Michelle bipolar one day wanting him and one day not. Other than this statement by an emotionally fueled ex, I personally have not found any other supporting documents to point to any mental health issues. I pretty much think we can disregard this as, you know, 
hell hath no fury like those who have been scorned. And not only that, we make a huge mistake, mostly women, thinking that he's going to change. I, I really yes. love him. I really I really see the good that's in him. Sometimes I keep it so masked that, I don't mm-hmm. know, the bad just outweighs the good so much. With some people, there is this nice side, and mm-hmm. you do catch a glimpse of it. Yeah. And it's in private sometimes where nobody else can see, but you know yeah. deep down they're capable of being that person, and you think you can pull it out of them. Mm-hmm. And I can only attest to this because I have been this person. Yeah, yeah. So many times I have been this person. Amen. I definitely feel for Michelle because yeah. you see the good in somebody and you want to bring it out, but it's ultimately not up to you. Well, one part of this case I just can't let go of is the fact that she disappeared the same day as her People's Court episode aired. And also, it was when she was last seen at Smith's house dropping off their twins. And I found in an article that earlier that very same morning that she and her new boyfriend Nathan Mitchell had gotten coffee together that morning. By 2 p.m., the People's Court episode aired, and then around 3.18 p.m., she was dropping off the babies, and she was said to have plans to go run some errands before heading to her job as a bartender. By 4.26 p.m., her brother Dustin Erickson sent her a text message and asked where she was. Moments later, he received a reply with a single word, Waterford, a possible reference to a nearby area. That's just odd. It really is. Why would you, unless you have this estranged relationship with your brother where you don't really talk to him and it does not sound that way, you would say, Waterford, I just need some time or Waterford on my way back. Something, just drop that one word. I don't know. It just does not make sense. It is now 4.30 p.m. according to Dale Smith, the ex-fiance's attorney, Mark Najame, and his client went to visit his parents with his children. So apparently he is present and accounted for. Yeah, he's present and accounted for, and mommy and daddy are hopefully reliable sources, yeah. Now we are up to 6.53 p.m. Parker's sister was unsuccessful in attempts to reach her by phone. 7.20 p.m. Parker's sister reported her missing to police. At 8 p.m. that night, Michelle was scheduled to work at The Barn, a popular bar in town where she was a bartender. But that day, November 17, 2011, Michelle would not make it in for her shift at The Barn. It was also around this time that her cell phone stopped transmitting signal to a tower near Bell Island. Yeah, and very interesting. Very. Just, I don't know. The pieces don't fall together. So let's give the ex some credit. She's bipolar. She's crazy. She's whatever, whatever. Okay, what kind of mother was she? Would she walk out on her children like that? Her family is adamant that she would never have left her children. Because not only did she have the twins with Dale Smith, she mm-hmm. had a son from a prior relationship. Mm-hmm. And he actually now lives with his dad. But, I mean, a mother of three, she, yeah. she's said to have loved her kid. Yeah, I don't know. It just doesn't compute. Luckily, with this case being in 2001, we had some technology advancements and Michelle's Hummer was actually caught on surveillance camera at a red light around 8.55 p.m. the same day Michelle went missing. Camera footage placed the car being driven about a mile from where it would later be discovered abandoned the very next day. The only problem is police couldn't tell who was driving the car. But this again was around 8.55 p.m. and Michelle was last physically seen around 3.18 p.m. It seems that someone, whoever, dumped the car where it would be found the next day had also tried to alter the car's appearance, although unsuccessfully, 
Decals on the car advertising Parker's airbrush tanning business had been removed by the time the Hummer was found abandoned. I'm trying to piece together why you would try to alter the vehicle. She's eventually going to be a missing person anyway. Well, regardless, a so, decal's not going to... It's going to just identify the car, but so is the serial number on the car. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. If you want to really make a car unrecognizable, why don't you go in there and scrape that four into an eight on the VIN number? Yeah, I mean, something. You know, or don't go license plate, for God's sake. Yeah, I, I don't know. Um, but no, instead, I'm going to take a decal off the back of the car because it makes perfect sense. So whoever was doing this was not a rocket scientist. Or hurriedly trying to cover things up. None of this was thought through, apparently. Maybe it was a crime of passion or an act of rage. Hmm. We'll keep thinking on that. That takes us right back to the same suspect. The only suspect. Another break in the case would come around three weeks later when authorities searched an area near Lake Eleanor in South Orange County for Parker. The location is five miles from her parents' home and close to the cell tower that logged her last transmission on her cell phone. While Michelle was not found during the search of the lake, her missing cell phone was. Investigators later had Michelle's mom come down to the station and try and ID the iPhone 4 they found as Michelle's, and it was indeed the missing phone belonging to Michelle Parker. Although Smith was their primary suspect, police did release that they believed it was a two-person crime. However, the only suspect in this case is Michelle's ex-fiance, Dale Smith. I'm just trying to piece this together. I mean, I can see apparently someone had her or whatever, and somebody else was ditching the car, trying to disguise the car, whatever you want to say. Mm -hmm. So I get the two people theory, the necessity of it. The It seems very rushed. It does. None of it was thought out to me. It doesn't sound like enough to to merit a two-person. No. We're going to have to coordinate. You get the car. I get the girl. Da, 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 da. And these people seem more like, oh, that's just snatch now. You can't think that through enough mm-hmm. for two people. There is one more possible scenario that might give way to that two-person theory. And we're going to get to that a little bit later. But right now, Smith is looking like a really good suspect. Yeah, he's kind of seeming like he's alone in this thing. He was a retired Marine who had been dishonorably discharged in 2003 following a reported court-martial and military convictions for drug possession charges and domestic battery. Prior to joining the Marines, he spent 10 days in jail on a battery charge, and back in 1996, his second wife died of an accidental drug overdose. Jeez. Then, again in 2009, Smith was charged with domestic battery again, this time during his relationship with Michelle. She had actually attempted to file a restraining order against him. In her filing, she claimed he had broken the window of her SUV while also taking some of the seats and throwing them into the road. Her restraining order was denied for and so heavily air quoting this right now, lack of evidence. Yeah, okay. Because the freaking seats of my car out in the road aren't enough evidence. Yeah, they jumped out there by themselves. I mean, you know, I'm driving down the road, my, my seats jump out all the time. My windshield cracks itself too. Friends even claimed that Smith would take Michelle to way out of the way places and abandon her, literally. One of Michelle's friends even told ABC that she knew he had hurt her many times. He would drop her off random places without her shoes, and Smith had even taken her to Georgia and abandoned her once. God bless her. 
Orlando Police Chief Paul Rooney referred to Smith as the prime suspect in Parker's disappearance, but he has never been charged. Smith has, of course, denied all allegations against him. Of course. And get this, though. A judge has also given him custody of the couple's twins. That just makes me nauseous. I mean, you would think the prime suspect of a crime would not be a suitable parent. Yeah. But I mean, I understand innocent until proven guilty, but... Yeah. With his record? I can see, remotely see, very remotely see, Mm. the father getting the children because I know how the system works. And I know it's so hard to place these poor kids. But you also want them safe. But with supervision, I I don't know. I guess a piece of me can say, okay, give them to daddy. But it's a little bitty, bitty, bitty piece of me. Mm. Yeah. Daddy also would move to Tennessee for a while, taking the twins with him. And grandma and grandpa, Michelle's parents, had to fight for rights. Literally, like, get the state involved to where they've now added something into that. I think they can reamend their mm-hmm. state constitutional rights or something right. every mm-hmm. so many amount of years. I heard her mom talking about on documentary, so I don't remember the exact specific yeah. numbers of, of everything, right. but they've actually worked with the Florida government to give grandparents the right to advocate for visitation rights when it's in the best interest of the child because Michelle lived with them with her twins. Okay, that's good. And they gave the twins to Smith. They uprooted the twins from anything they've ever known. Dear Lord, and their mom's gone. They're constant. Oh, good Lord. Poor babies. This case has so many heartbreaking twists and turns, but at the same time, it really needs to be told because Mm -hmm. it's not being told by very many places and outlets. Well, not only that, Michelle's out there somewhere. If Smith is a saint with a halo over his head, he has not touched a hair on her head ever in his life. Since 2009. (laughs) While Smith is a prime suspect, there's been another theory thrown around by a few media outlets that could potentially be worth talking about. There's been a lot of talk and speculation about maybe a bar patron that may have become infatuated with Michelle, as it's not uncommon for bartenders to get patrons coming in that get this weird infatuation with them. It actually happens very frequently. Definitely. There was speculation that maybe, just maybe, there was a patron at that bar who followed her, who was stalking her. Could have possibly kidnapped her. No one knows for sure, but it's a decent theory and one worth throwing out there for those listening in the event that someone knows something. While the theory of the bar patron is still just that, a theory, and Smith still remains the prime and best suspect in this case, I did want to throw it out there. Yeah, I was sitting here going over the bar patron in my mind. Had she gone to work that day and not come home? Ew, that's really suspicious. Maybe check out who was in the bar the last time she worked. Mm-hmm. You don't go that route. Yeah. But it is a possibility because that happens a lot with waitresses and bartenders and performers and, you yeah. know. They're paid to be nice to you. Yeah, yeah. Anime bartenders, Lord bless them. They're, um, is it psychiatrists of a, of a sort? <laughs> You're going to talk to your local bartender. Yeah. You know, they know the secrets of everybody. Um, I'm drunk one night. Was that just it, though? She knew the secret. Yeah. With the knowledge, you know, I'm drunk one night and I'm spilling my guts to her because she's just a really nice person. And then I go, oh, crap, I got to kill her because she could tell somebody, you know. Yeah, I mean, and that's that's why I threw it out there because it's a really good theory. And hopefully people from her town, somebody will hear this. And if that is the case, maybe somebody will remember something. Yeah. Or if not, maybe, you know. 
things will keep pointing towards the one and only suspect. Yeah. So no one knows for sure. But like I said, it's a decent theory and Smith does remain the best subject in the case. And according to the Huffington Post, Parker's mom actually pleaded with Smith to cooperate with police. She actually said, and I quote, Dale, if you had cooperated with the police and took a polygraph test when they ask you, you could have avoided a lot of stress. Our family needs to have Michelle home. We need to heal. Child services have even attempted to put the twins in protective custody, but in an emergency court hearing, a judge somehow, some way, ruled in favor of Smith and gave the children back to them because they stated that the agency failed to present sufficient probable calls for him to sign a petition on the custody. The case against Smith remains open to this day. He remains a prime suspect in Michelle's disappearance. And there's an official Michelle Parker missing persons page on Facebook. If you would like to go look at it, like it, support it, and, you know, stay up to date with the the goings on about Michelle's current whereabouts, if we can find any updates or things of that nature. The page also encourages anyone with information to call Crime Line at 800 Four two three eight four seven seven. Because you guys, Michelle has three babies, and she needs to. If she's still alive, she needs to be let go so she can come home and mother those babies. Amen. No child deserves to live a life without a mother because someone's holding them back. No. They also don't deserve to live a life not knowing where their mother is. Amen. I can't even imagine. Even though they were babies, they're going to grow up and they're going to learn that mom just vanished one day. Yeah. It's impossible. Nobody vanishes. Something happens to every person that vanishes. Somebody always knows something. Oh, yeah. And these kids will need closure and these mom and dad will need closure in their hearts. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of If I Go Missing. If you have any case suggestions, you can email me at the Megan Noel. That's the M-E-G-A-N-N-O-E-L at gmail.com. You can also find me on Instagram at the Megan Noel or the podcast Instagram at Megan Noel Podcast. You can also go to Facebook and find the page for Megan Noel Podcast and all the discussion groups for the various podcasts that we host. This episode was compiled by me, hosted by me, and co-hosted by Linda Anderson. Thank you so much for listening, and we can't wait to see you again next week.